you know, we get a lot of questions from listeners and people that we meet with. And, you know, one thing that I found is that there's really a basket of questions that tend to get repeated a little differently, but by lots of different people. One of them may be a question that's on your mind, and that's why we love to bring to the show today some of the top retirement questions. And you know what? The answers could save your retirement, so you don't want to miss this special edition of the Retirement Income Show. Welcome to the Retirement Income Show, powered by the Retirement Income Source, and brought to you by Stearns Retirement Group, hosted by David Stearns. If you're one of the 70-plus million baby boomers within 10 to 15 years of retirement, this show was designed for you. The Retirement Income Show, with your host, David Stearns. Welcome, everyone. I'm Michael Eastham, here with my good friend and co-host, Dave Stearns. Together, we are hosting the Retirement Income Show. Thanks for joining us for another exciting chapter of the Retirement Income Show where it truly is all about the income. Well, we're regularly asked questions about retirement and there's so many subtle distinctions and personal situations, but the themes are very similar. Whether it's about social security, estate planning, investment strategies, they all have an impact on your ability to accomplish your goals and dreams in retirement. And that's why Taking some time to share some of those questions can help you plan for a successful retirement. So let's get right into it. One of the first questions that we've gotten many times, and I'm sure this is the same with you, Dave, is someone that asks, I'm behind the eight ball with saving for retirement. What are some of the things that I can do to get caught up before I retire? Well, that is a great question. And I do hear that one a lot. And you know, I think I would have to issue a big caution, and that is I don't really know how old Casey is necessarily and how many years he's got left or they've got left before they retire. But one of the tempting things to do is to ramp up risk to try to get more return in a shorter period of time. And I don't know about you, but I didn't bring my crystal ball today to our recording. And I don't know if Casey or you've got one either. And if we had one, it would help. So I think the thing I want to say, Michael, is just I don't want our listeners to get antsy about that and take too much unnecessary risk. They got to keep a level head. But one of the things they could really consider doing uh, is reducing some expenses, painfully so, in order to set some more money aside quicker in the remaining years that they have. That's one of the first things that comes to my mind. What about you, Michael? Yeah. And another thing that I find is when people ask that question, that typically means that they haven't really been participating in their company 401k plan. And this is a lost gem for some people. And what is so important is that if your employer has a matching contribution, well, you need to take advantage of that. I mean, shoot, even if it's just 3%, that's a 3% bonus that's free money to you. And that means that if, let's say you're making $100,000 and you're contributing $9,000 to your 401k, then your employer is putting $9,000 into your account as well. That's $9,000 of free money. That's a 100% return on that nine grand that you're contributing. So don't miss out on that free money opportunity. Well, and the other thing I would say that is powerful. and, And let's assume they're doing that. And 
sometimes people are not as far behind as they think. What happens is, is, you know, as people get within five years of landing the retirement plane, it's kind of like many of them feel like they're flying in the clouds and they know there's a runway down there somewhere, but they can't really see the gauges. And so I think meeting with a good financial advisor, a fiduciary that really focuses in on retirement. One of the things that I love to do is to try to bring the gauges into clear focus. And what I mean by that is I'd love to meet with this individual and say, hey, let's look at your social security statement. Let's see what it is. Let's look at what your net paychecks are every month and let's see what it really takes to live on. Let's see where you're at with your accumulation and let's see what else you know we can put together and let's begin to see. And sometimes people are not as far off as they realize. And so hopefully that would be encouraging for some of our listeners today. I think if like you just described, you know, you put that picture of the instruments in the airplane. When I look in the cockpit of an airplane, it's overwhelming. And for a lot of people who just do their jobs every single day and they think about retirement, well, the concept of retirement can be like looking at that instrument panel in the cockpit of the plane. It's overwhelming, but it's not for the pilot, right? Right. And so like you described for a good financial advisor that has a view of the entire picture, we can help you to navigate those and set the instruments in the right place. I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because making sure that you put all those pieces together, tie them up in a bow and present it in a good way, it takes a lot of pressure off a typical retiree. Well, I am glad you're listening this morning. And really, if you've been listening, you know that Michael and I, what we kind of hinted at is that you might have the wrong pilot. It's possible. And so I've got a white page paper that I'm giving away. You know, the Stearns Retirement Group has commissioned this paper. It's called 10 Warning Signs of Working with the Wrong Financial Advisor. You might need a better view of your gauges in retirement. And so I want to offer this paper to you. It's at no charge. Just give us a call toll free at 844-9-THE-WORD-REALLY. That is 844-973-2559. Request the white page paper titled 10 Warning Signs of Working with the Wrong Financial Advisor, and we'll get it sent out to you right away. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning on the Retirement Income Show. I am Dave Stearns. I'm here with my good friend and buddy, Michael Easton, and together we are your co-pilots. We are your co-hosts of the Retirement Income Show. We've got an exciting special edition today where we're talking about the top retirement questions for you. Well, Dave, here's another question from one of our listeners. Anthony says, my wife and I have been considering downsizing our house, but with mortgage rates at 7%, it's getting very expensive. We could pay cash, but I hate to give up that much money if it's not necessary. Any suggestions on how we could think this through? Well, one of the things that we always look at is, well, what's the source of that money? You know, people have different perspectives on borrowing money for a mortgage or things like that, or even having debt in retirement. And ideally, it's a better situation for you if you don't have debt in retirement. But some of the issues about whether to have a mortgage is really your comfort level. Do you have the cash flow to support it? Does it make sense? And Anthony's right. I mean, you look at mortgage rates today relative to where they were just a couple of years ago, 7%, maybe you can get a lower 6% 30-year mortgage rate, but that's double what it was just a couple of years ago. So that's hard for people to swallow. And writing a big check depends on where that money's coming from. You know, if you're writing a check out of an after-tax account, like a joint brokerage account, not so much from the tax standpoint. But if you're thinking about taking money out of your IRA, you better watch it because that could be a big tax bomb. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. That would be a big mistake to do that. Yeah. There's a lot of factors here. I wish we could get these folks uh, live and ask him some more questions. I mean, what we don't know is what other kind of accumulation he has. And what you pointed out is some really good stuff. The other thing I'm thinking of, though, is he used a key word, which is downsizing. So, you know, right. there's a trade-off between, you know, maybe locking in on a, a higher mortgage rate than he had. But my understanding is, is he would be downsizing. So when I hear that, I think, wow, what if he could sell his house at 1.2 million and he ends up buying a house at 600,000? So now all of a sudden, he's freed up some extra cash that could be used to generate income in retirement. So, you know, you got to kind of weigh that out because that might offset the higher interest rate and he could still come out ahead. So a lot of factors there, Michael. Yeah. That's pretty much all I've got thinking about. Anthony, and what about you? I was just going to say one other thing is the downsizing key is kind of an oxymoron in today's environment because market values have gone up so much all over the country. And I've seen situations where like you said, you know, maybe you're selling your house for a million or a million two and you're downsizing, but the house you're downsizing into is a million or a million two. Right. So it's very difficult to do that. And you're thinking less house, it's going to cost me the same amount of money. And why would I want to go through that trouble? So some of it just has to do with what's going on in your mind. Some of it has to do with what's going on with your finances. And does it make sense, certainly financially to get a mortgage when you don't necessarily need to. And that's a sleep number question. Can you sleep at night if you have a mortgage? Some people absolutely can. I've had situations where somebody, you know, they got a $20,000 balance left on their mortgage and they don't want to have the mortgage. So they just pay it off. Other people are like, no way. If I write a check for 20 grand to the bank, now I don't control that $20,000. You see, so some of it has to do with individual situations and their perspectives on a mortgage to begin with. Well, what about you? What kind of questions do you have in retirement? What about your mortgage? Do you have a mortgage or what about just debt in general? You know, you might have a lot of questions about that or some of your own specific questions. I just want to let you know that at the Stearns Retirement Group, we're offering to you today a no obligation complimentary retirement risk review. That's right. Did you know you could call in to 844-973-2559 and request your complimentary retirement risk review and they'll set up a time for you and I to go over your questions and we'll look at your retirement and we'll analyze the risks that you're taking, answer your questions and get you on that path to a stress-free retirement that you've always imagined. Why don't you take advantage of it by calling 844-973-2559 and we'll get it scheduled with you right away. Hey, we're so glad you're with us today on the Retirement Income Show. We got a special episode going where we're talking about the top retirement questions and one of these questions are bound to resonate with you. Well, Dave, this is a question we get more and more frequently in our office and it is, are you a fiduciary? And this is one where I feel like a lot of people they're a little bit confused about it. What about you? How do you handle that question? Well, you know, the F word is a big word today. It's a big <laughs> word in our industry. <laughs> and, sure uh, is. You know, you might remember Barbara Mandrell had that song, I Was Country Before Country Was Cool. I know that shows my age, Michael, but I love to <laughs> tell people, you know, Michael and I, we were fiduciaries before being a fiduciary was cool. You know, it's a buzzword, but at the end of the day, 
It's a big deal in retirement because, you know, if you're working with an advisor who's a broker, at the end of the day, he or she is getting compensated for buying and selling and trading. And it appears to be that that could be a conflict of interest. A fiduciary, on the other hand, has no incentive to buy and sell and trade other than they want to make sure your portfolio is moving in the right direction, meaning they get paid a fee to manage your money. And it kind of puts them on the same side of the table as you as a consumer. And they're held to a much higher standard, Michael, as far as making sure that every ounce of advice is never to be construed as in their best interest, but only in our listeners' best interest. Yeah, I think the key there is working on your client's behalf. And as a CPA personally and personal financial specialist, as well as being a registered investment advisor, that requires that we look out for the best interests of our clients first. And that's the key. You want somebody who's sitting on the same side of the table with you to help you make informed decisions about one of the biggest deals in your life. And that is how to manage your finances when you don't have a paycheck coming in anymore. And so being a fiduciary is something that we take very seriously. And you know, the reality is we both worked hard to get these licenses. I'm not going to screw it up by giving bad or faulty advice or something that's just in my best interest. I am so glad that you are joining us. I'm Dave Stearns and I'm here with Michael Eason and together we are your co-hosts and really want to just let you know that today's episode is pretty dynamic. We're talking about the top retirement questions. For those of you that might just be joining us or you have questions about even previous episodes, did you know that we make it really easy for you to get caught up on previous topics we talked about or previous episodes altogether? You can go to incomeisking.com. That's www.incomeisking.com. There you can sign up for our newsletter. You can listen to previously recorded episodes and you can renew your financial mind at any time that is convenient for you. Michael, you had me a little nervous. I had to go get a cup of coffee. All I could I don't know why. Some of our listeners living <laughs> under a bridge. Now you talked about if they get this answer to this next question wrong, that could be them. What the heck are you thinking about? What question do you have on the table? Well, first of all, I don't want any of our listeners to have to worry about living under a bridge in retirement. That's the whole purpose of this program, Dave. But Kate threw out a question, and this is one that is very similar to some that we get. She says, if if I don't plan to retire, should I look at my investments differently than if I'm planning to retire? I love what I do, and I have the ability to keep doing it well into my later years if I choose to. So my response there is, Kate, that's an excellent position to be in. But listen, you don't know what you don't know. Things can change and you need to be prepared for that. People think that, okay, everything's going to be fine and rosy. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and something's changed. And suddenly you need to look at your career differently, even if you plan to work until you're in your 90s. Doesn't always happen that way. So you need to be prepared for it. And whether it's economic, whether it's your health or whether it's just the environment. You know, I've had lots of situations where people love what they do until they don't, right? Suddenly it's a different environment at work and now you're stuck in a position that you need to look at your money a little bit differently. And it may be too late if you wait that long. Yeah, that's really true. You know, Kate has done a great job. She's kind of almost won the race of retirement, it sounds like. But I think about you know, Kate's coming out of the fourth turn. She's on the straightaway. She sees the finish line. And at this point, what we want to make sure doesn't happen to Kate is that she trips up. And that's kind of what you're referring right. to. And the reality is, is there's some things that Kate can't control. 
and that would be the stock market. And the reality is, is that, you know, the stock market could trip up Kate's retirement in the last three to five years. And so what I want Kate to really think about is, is when she does retire, those paychecks that she enjoys, those are going to be a thing of the past. And so all of a sudden, it's down to whatever sources of income, like Social Security, maybe she has a small pension, but her nest egg is the difference between her living under a bridge or not. And so what I want her to think about is Wall Street, Michael, is not helpful to Kate because Wall Street will continue to tell Kate, stay invested the same way in those five years before retirement and the 25 years after retirement that you've always been invested. And I'm saying, time out, Hoss. That doesn't work because her paychecks are gone. <laughs> and if all of a sudden Kate is pulling money out of her portfolio to live on, because she should, that's why she has it, and the markets are going down, Michael, describe for our listeners why that's a big problem. Yeah, great. Here's the picture. Kate is 68 years old. She's loving her job. And then all of a sudden, she doesn't. She decides, hey, I want to retire. However, if she's invested the same way she was when she was in her 20s and 30s using mutual funds or common stocks. Not only that, but the economy is not in her favor, right? The market dropped by 40%. So if she had a million dollars saved up for retirement, now all of a sudden she only has $600,000. Think about the level of confidence that you have when you see a million dollars, right? You're comfortable. You got an idea. You're like, I'm at the top of my game. And then all of a sudden, now you're thinking, I want to retire. But guess what? You lost 40% of your value. So you only have $600,000. Now you're rethinking your decision. Can I really retire? It's a totally different thing. Now, if Kate had taken that million bucks, shifted it from common stocks and mutual funds to individual bonds or preferred stocks or other income-based investments that pay interest and dividends, and she had a steady stream of interest and dividends, well, now she's got confidence in the income that could replace her salary. That right there is the key difference for someone like Kate. Well, Michael and I are joking a lot about living under a bridge, but the reality is you want a stress-free retirement, and that's going to come from investing for income to replace those paychecks. Did you know I've got a great book that I'm giving away right now? I typically give this away maybe once or twice a month. I have limited copies. Heck, it's written by our friend and co-host, Michael Easton. It is called Common Sense Income Strategies. This is a simple step-by-step way to really maximize your retirement, especially learning how to invest properly for dividends and interest. Look, Call me toll free at 844-973-2559. That is 844-973-2559 and request your copy of Common Sense Income Strategies and we'll get it FedExed out to you right away. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Retirement Income Show. I'm Dave Stearns. I'm here with Michael Eason and together we're your co-pilots, we're your co-hosts. We are crushing the topic of the top retirement questions for you today. Well, Michael, that was incredible to think about what would happen to Kate's retirement, the tripping up, the stumbling right before the finish line, watching a million turn into 600,000. You know, what's interesting is, is when you're accumulating money, Michael, and you get to 600,000, it feels like more money than you ever had because it is. But in the case of Kate, when right before retirement, your 1 million drops to 600,000. Wow, that's a bad feeling. But I also want to talk about, before we go to another question, 
is now that we got Kate retired, let's say she doesn't reduce her risk. She stays still invested like she was when she's accumulating. And now instead of putting money in, you know, I want our listeners to remember when they're putting money in during retirement, they're doing something called dollar cost averaging. They put a little bit in every month in their 401ks or IRAs. And when the markets go down, it's helpful because they buy more and more shares on sale. That's how you build wealth. Now let's go to Kate. She's retired. She figures out what her income gap is. And now she's withdrawing $2,000 a month, Michael. And she's withdrawing the same amount of month as opposed to putting it in. What happens to her principal when the markets go down and she's pulling money out? What's that like? Well, Dave, you talked about a term called dollar cost averaging. And the nice thing about dollar cost averaging is it's it's very helpful, as you mentioned, because when the market goes down, you can buy more shares. You can buy more shares with the same dollars as when the market was up higher. Well, the reverse is not true. You see, when you're in retirement, if you're in things that you have to sell in order to generate income, and if the market's down by 50%, well, guess what? You have to sell shares in order to generate income. And if the market's down by 50%, you have to sell twice as many shares at the bottom of the market as you do when the market was up at its peak. That means that you're liquidating principal, you're cannibalizing your principal. And I can tell you this, you do that too much too soon and you may end up under the bridge. You may end up running out of money before you run out of life. And I'll tell you right now, that's the biggest fear that people have as it relates to their retirement. It's no longer fear of death. It's fear of running out of money before they run out of life. And reverse dollar cost averaging can be one of the biggest ways to get you in that ugly boat if you step out and you're still in the same position, you're still invested the same way as you were when you were 20 or 30 years old. Yeah, that's a big problem. And it doesn't seem like a traditionally trained Wall Street-based advisor even gets what you're talking about. And that's right. uh, really, really unfortunate. So let's talk about what can Kate do different? I mean, when we're talking about reducing risk and increasing income, there's really an entire world of income generating investments that we could leave our listeners thinking about today on the Retirement Income Show that they could begin investing in. Where do you want to start? Well, it's simple. I mean, really, first of all, you need to make sure that you understand that there is a different way to think about it. Wall Street kind of treats all investments the same in one sense. And what we want to make sure that people realize is that when you approach retirement, income is king. Like you like to say a lot, Dave, income is king. And interest and dividends are the way that you can generate income because it's a renewable resource. So there's nine or 10 different investment vehicles, whether they're individual bonds or fixed annuities or preferred stocks or value stocks or even BDCs and REITs and many other things that are designed more to generate income. And that income is what gives you the confidence that you're not going to run out of money. It gives you the peace of mind, gives you the ability to understand your paychecks are coming in month after month after month, even when your salary is gone. Well, if you've been listening to this segment or to this entire show, you're beginning to realize that it's important that you work with a true retirement income specialist when you're retired. Did you know they are few and far between? I want you to know how to know if you're working with one or not. We've got a great white page paper that the Stearns Retirement Group has branded. It is called 10 Signs. 
you are working with a true retirement income specialist. Do you want to know if you are? Request this paper. Call us toll free, 844-9-THE-WORD-REALLY. That is 844-973-2559. Request the paper, 10 signs. You are working with our true retirement income specialist. We'll get it sent out to you right away. Hey, thanks for joining us today on the Retirement Income Show. I'm Dave Stearns here with my friend and buddy, Michael Eastham, and we are your co-hosts. And today we're really just teeing up on our special edition. We're talking about the top retirement questions we get, and there's more to come. Well, Dave, as we round out the program here, I want to hit on one other question because this is really interesting. Christine asks, I'm 63. My husband is 65. We both want to retire in two years when I hit 65. How much do we need in savings to retire comfortably? Well, I love the spirit of this question, but I hate the wording. The wording's deceptive because there is a distinction between a balance and income. Most people think they need to have a magic number in the savings balance to retire comfortably. When I say it's all about the income and how much income you need, isn't that right, Dave? Yeah, boy, that is so true. And I think our industry, again, has kind of duped people into that magic number, but you can't take that 1.2 million into Publix and buy groceries. That's right. So I think you're exactly right. They've got to be thinking more along the lines of how much can that portfolio generate in income? And I'm back to Kate now. Think about it. Kate's retired with a million dollars, let's say. What I'd like to say to our listeners, would this be a win for Kate? Would this be a win for you if Kate could confidently get $55,000 to $60,000 a year from her portfolio and her advisor wouldn't have to sell any shares to get it to her. So let's say, Michael, 10 years later, she harvested $600,000 from her $1 million and no shares were sold. Therefore, Kate is still having a balance of near a million. It could be 1.1. It could be 900. We don't know what those original shares would be priced at. But my question to our listeners is, would that be a win? And you know what, Michael? I think they're all saying, yeah, that would be a resounding win. That is what you're talking about and how you're answering Christine's question today. You're dead on. And it's all about the confidence of knowing that you're going to get a paycheck next month. And when you're looking at the balance, you don't have that confidence because it could be up or down. When you have the interest in dividends or the dependable income, then it becomes a totally different level of confidence that you're going to accomplish the goals that you have in your retirement. Michael, I don't know how this happens. Man, we take off and then all of a sudden we're landing. Darn it. This show is over, but it's been a great one. Hey, for our listeners, don't worry. We'll be back again with yet another episode of the Retirement Income Show. But until then, Hey, make it a great day in the Classic City. That's all the time we have for today. To speak with David Stearns, call 844-9-REALLY. That's 844-9-R-E-A-L-L-Y. Really. And for more information about our program, visit us online at IncomeIsKing.com. That's IncomeIsKing.com. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Stearns Retirement Group and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Stearns Retirement Group is a franchise of Retirement Income Source, LLC. Retirement Income Source, LLC and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities.